Today I'm going to talk about worship, but I'm going to talk about an area of worship in a different light than just raising your hands and lifting up your voices. I'm going to talk today about the deposit that God has given you that he's put on the inside of you. And that how that deposit, that gifting, if you would call it that, if that's a better word for you to, to, to relate to, a gifting, a talent, if you will. Something that God put on the inside that's only given to you. I want you to think about that for a moment, that you sit here today with something God's wired you for. We talk about this. We just went through training as a team, as our, our, our church staff and team, and we're going through this development process, and <clears throat> one of our pastor friends in Atlanta, and so he's helping us with this and talking about how that, so every one of us is gifted by God by different personalities, and typically you're married to the opposite personality of you, more than likely. You usually don't see two strong-willed personalities getting married. Because one of them would never give in, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's usually the other one, okay. You know, if you have two strong will, no, no, no. They never get married, right? Somebody usually caves in eventually. But um, you, personality is unique, and they're given to you by God. But I'm not just talking about personality. You're wired by God. for It's so unique. And we've often tried to do this as, as church. We've tried to figure out, well, why, you know, why doesn't someone want to get on the platform and speak like, like Pastor Jody did? Why, why, someone, why doesn't someone, because they're not wired for that, and that's okay. You, you don't want to try to take and put someone in a gifting that they're not wired for. You know, i got three girls, and all three are different. My first one, she can sit down and probably outread anybody in this room. She probably, if, if you're a bookworm, she can out, probably outpace you. She reads at a, we, her testing level in reading is way off the charts. You know what I'm saying? She can... I couldn't keep enough books in the house, so we had to start borrowing books, and people would give us, like, it's insane. She'd read, I would say, have you read this? I started giving her leadership books. I'm not kidding, because I thought, it'll slow her down, you know. I'd give her some crazy stuff, you know, and she'd just read right through it. Dad, I threw you one thing about this, what I thought about it. And I was going, like, that's amazing to me, you know, how, and, and she, she's not in town, so I'm going to pick on her a little bit. So she's, she's on the beach, so I get to pick on all of them. They're all on the beach. I'm just going to pick on every single one of them, my whole family. My wife, three kids, my father-in-law's fishing. Every single one of them's out of town doing something fun, you know? I'm going to pick on every one of them while they're not here. I hope it's live so y'all can hear every bit of this. <laughs> but it, it's amazing how, though, she could devour a book on leadership that most people I would give it to, and they go like, oh, it's boring. But then I ask her, baby girl, did you make your bed? No, Daddy. I forgot. After the 10th time. Honey, what? How can you read a book like this so fast? They give me the answers, but the, it's because of gifting. Now, it doesn't excuse the bed making. You understand? But it does show a picture. Some people are wired for things that others are not, and that's okay. Because gifting comes out of a gift from God. It's a grace gift. It's a charis gift, if you will, from God. You didn't develop it. I mean, if you can play a sport and you're naturally gifted like a Michael Jordan, you're probably not in this room right now, but if you were... That's a gift from God. Would you not agree? Because I can shoot some basketball, but I'm no MJ. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're an amazing athlete or you're an amazing intellect or you can create things or build things or whatever your, your strong suit is, it, doesn't, it just comes naturally to you. That's probably a gifting from God that's, that's God-given. It's probably nothing you... You can go to school all day you want to. Get every degree, put it on the back of the wall. It will not change gifting. Education will not... Correct gifting. But gifting with education can be a powerful force. But gifting's amazing. It comes from God. And so today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about worship and your gifting. 
and how that God wants to utilize our hearts in a different way than just, not, not I shouldn't say a different way, both and, in worship on Sunday mornings as we lift our hands in worship, but also in the areas of our gifts and talents. Everyone in this room has a gift and a talent. So here's, here's what I want to give you. I want to give you a breakdown of this, and I'm going, to, I'm going to share you a story about talents, okay? So six months ago, we talked about this. We said that our church is going to go give you a state of the church, if you will. That's simply kind of a fun way of saying, here's, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing, okay? So I want to give you a little update quickly, at two minutes, quickly on this, okay? So from our membership, we were at that time... We are now up to uh, these. Now, when I give you these numbers, we are accurate on this now. We're no longer, like when I say this, I mean, uh, th- you've been through the classes. You've said, I'm a member of Cornerstone Church. It's not like, well, I just go here. We're, and it, we're glad that you go here, but I'm saying, I'm giving you facts here. This is not inflated numbers. This is not a preacher's, you know, rounded up 20. It's a, this is facts, okay? So as far as a membership, we're 465 members in our church. We increased by 24 new members six months ago since we started talking about this from six months ago. That's awesome, right? Amen. This is a really awesome thing to hear. Generosity in our church is up from 21% to 27%, which is a 6% increase. That's right. Because I told you what I wanted to do. I wanted to beat the national average. So now we're, we're above the, we're at the national average now. But that's, do we really want to stay there? I mean, do you want to be known as that? When I fill out the forms and they say, where does your church rank? I hate putting, we're in the average bracket. I'd rather say we're at least above average. We not, may not be in the top 10%, but at least we're, it, it wouldn't take much to get over there, you know? So I'm praying that 40% of our membership would be generous. And if you're going through finance classes right now, you know all about this. Listen, just let, work the plan, work the plan. Let God bless you. Work the plan, work the plan, and you'll be able to do that. Just work the plan right now. Get yourself in a position where you can do that. So there's no condemnation there, but, but we're going to step into this here. In small groups, we're up from 22% to 25%. That's a 3% increase. And that's 117 members in groups. That's a, that's a lot of folks in small groups. But really, we, can, we could you know, have more people in groups. I'm giving you this for a reason. Because all that, the national averages, we're, we're there on some things, but we're not on others. Okay? So that's why we're talking about this today. And in our volunteering, people that serve in our church. These are members. This is not, look, this is membership. You know, this is membership. This is not just, these are people, you, these are members of our church, which aren't all here today, okay, by the way. So serving uh, in our church is up 36% to 39%, which is a 3% increase. That's awesome. We've increased 23 volunteers over the last six months, man. So that's, that's amazing. Good deal, good deal. So as I talk about this, I, I'm laying this foundation because, do you know what the national average is of members of your church would be serving your church would be about 50%. That's an average church. That's not a, above average would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 60%, 65. That's above average. So I'm not saying this because I want to build my kingdom. I want you to hear this. I think you know my heart by now. I, I really, if it was up to me and what I would do as church was talking over there, that blank canvas thing, I get that all day long. I, I totally understand. I feel like that myself. Almost every day, God, I want to do this. He gives you a blank canvas, but God, please let me do this. No. So if it was up to me, I'd be on a beach somewhere on the backside of the Caribbean preaching to the Bahamans. You know what I'm saying, baby? I'd be like loving Jesus all over the... I mean, a Tiki Hut somewhere, that'd be me right there. But it's not up to me. It's not up to me. And it's not up to you either. Because if we say we believe in Christ, Christ died for us, I have faith in Jesus. I was talking to one of my friends the other day. He said, there's a difference between the Savior of Jesus 
and the lordship of Jesus. Because one redeems your soul, he sacrificed his life for you, and you said yes to him, and you're saved, and you're going to heaven. And the other one, though, has complete control. And there is a difference. Wouldn't you agree? There's a difference. So when we talk about gifts and talents and serving God, I'm going to play a video for you of some friends of ours, ours in church. And we started out in this as, as it was going to be about their testimony of how God has used them and how he's blessed them and their work and their progress they did in finances. But it was so great. It had so many, so many wonderful stories within it. We broke it apart and used one for this, and we're going to use the other for finances later. But it blessed us so much. I wanted you to see this testimony about utilizing your talents and gifts for God from the heart of one of your members' families here in the church. So take a look at this video, guys. For it is just like a man going on a journey. He called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately the man who had received five talents went, put them to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man with the two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I've earned two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, You evil, lazy slave. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers. And when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing slave out into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hirsch. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) This is stewardship. This is God has died on the cross. He's been resurrected. Um, He's paid the price for us, but he's gone away. He's gone to heaven. And he gives us his riches to steward um, while he's gone. But he's coming back. First, you got to be genuine and admit that we're all that third guy sometimes. And I have buried stuff, and I don't, I don't want to do that. You know, Jesus is very clear. The consequences are dire. God honored them both equally. The one that was given just two, he honored him the same as the guy that was given five. Even though the guy that doubled that and had ten, and the other guy that doubled it and had four, they were honored equally. So there was no special honor for the guy that had more and made more. So God, you know, he's really saying, just take what I've given you and invest that. 
the money is the obvious natural meaning. But he's, as Christians, he's given us the Holy Spirit to get a spiritual meaning out of it. So that's where we add, you know, we want to apply this parable to everything in our life, um, not just money. It, it's, you know, what have we done with the gospel? What have we done with the Holy Spirit? What have we done with our time? What have we done with our other resources? I just love the remark he gives them in sharing in your master's joy. He allows us to be a part of his plan and his will to spread the gospel. So I love that we can share in the spreading of the gospel and reaching others for his kingdom. Yeah, that is so awesome that he chooses to allow us to be part of this blessing. So we are, we are planting seed that's not our own in a field that we have not cultivated, not tilled. So God prepares the field, then he gives us the seed, and all we have to do is spread it. And that's where fulfillment comes as a Christian, to be involved in the work of God. It's not to have stuff. It's not to have money. It's to use the things that God gives us in to sow that seed so that we can be part of this harvest that we're not even needed for. But God does that just to, to bless us. He wants us to be part of it. He wants that relationship. How can this be true? I mean, why are, why would God even involve us? But he loves us so much. So it, the whole point is that you take what God's given you. So if you don't have money right now, you can still be a steward. So stewardship's not just money. Stewardship is everything we have in our lives. So once we become a Christian, God says, this is all mine. I'm going to give it to you. What are you going to do with what I give you? In our busy lives, is there something that we've held on to? So that's one of your members in your church who their heart on stewardship. So Luke 17 says, verse 7, when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, come in and eat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal, put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for what he's done? No. Well, in the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Now, don't confuse this with our culture. So many times we confuse. People read the Bible if they're not familiar with Jewish customs. You will take American history and culture into slavery and earn it and take that and apply it. It's not the same thing. Jewish culture, you would willingly, if you wanted to, engage in servanthood because you didn't have, there was no, so a guy had money, had a, you worked it for a season. But that guy had rules. There was, regula- there was a, a way in how you were to treat basically your employees, but it was different, okay? Not the same. Don't confuse the thing. So when he talks about this, when these illustrations used by Jesus, he is not referring to the inhumane history that we have in our nation. That is not the same thing. The Jews were granted, after so many years, many times they would be released, and that, that the person they were serving with would bless them with their own peace. They would take off and bless their family, do other things. And many of them stayed forever. Because they had such good people they worked for is not the same from what you know in your history. Totally two different cultures. That needs to be understood first. So when Jesus says, when you serve, does, does your master say, hey, thanks for doing that? No, because you just simply did what you're supposed to do. Basically, 
Right now, guys, <clears throat> this is what you and I are. We, we serve. Have you ever been to a, to a restaurant and, you know, you get a waiter, waitress, and they serve you, right? You understand? This is the, this is the mindset here. You ask for, could I get a Dr. Pepper? And they say, sure, no problem. And you're going to pay for it, right? I mean, you don't get it for free, but they bring you the Dr. Pepper. Which one do you appreciate the most? <clears throat> the servant that comes out that says, what do you want? What do you want, really? <clears throat> what do you want to drink? Well, I think I'll have, uh, uh, I think I'll have, and they're just like waiting there, chewing the gum. I told, I'll be there, in a they're bad, you can just tell, I hate getting that type of ser- wait, you know, waitress and get that type of service, because I feel like you don't want to be here for me. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm going to tip you well. But you don't want to be here, so I, I don't really want to be here either, and this meal's already started off on a bad note. Or do you prefer the person who comes up to you and says, Hello, how are you doing? My name is Jody. How are you doing tonight? Well, hey, how are you doing, Jody? Good to see you. Yeah, yeah he's good to see you too. Hey, listen, I got some fresh water here for you guys. I'm going to get you some hot rolls with some fresh butter, okay? I'll be back in just a minute. Give you a moment to look over the menu, see what you'd like to drink. I'll be right back, okay? And they actually come back. <clears throat> Just some tips here, you know. They actually come back quickly. Like, you know, I'm not expecting a one-minute return, but like, you know, five minutes should be great for drinks, right? I mean, should... and they come back and they say, hey, did you get a chance to look over what you want, what you'd like to drink? Sure, I'd love it. And they, it just continues on. It's just wonderful. I love that environment. Now, I always, I always tip well, but in that case, a lot of times I'll do even extra. Because why? Because they have the right heart. It's It's nice. This is what we are right now. We serve. We are stewards. We are not owners. We are those who serve Jesus Christ. And there's no greater place that you can do that than, first and foremost, the thing that people always ask me about, well, I don't agree with organized religion. I just don't see how the church does this. And I, don't see how and I always want to back them and say, hey, listen, do you realize that humans didn't come up with this idea of church? Like, it wasn't my idea. I would have done it different. I mean, I would have. I just wouldn't have done this the same way. It's not a human concept. Jesus Christ himself said, Ah, watch this. I will build my, come on, say it together like you know the answer, church. My ecclesia, my called out ones, my, it's, a, it's a called out group of people. It, it, the word itself denotes a group, a organized, a, a, an, an organized group of people under spiritual authority. That's what the word ecclesia means. It's not church with a name on the sign. It is a group of called out people sanctified by God, assembled under the banner of Jesus Christ, being the head and the Lord. And there are spiritual places of authority all throughout that people serve and they give their gifts. And their talents. That's what it's all about. So Easter's coming up. We're praying right now. So you wonder what we've been praying for 40 days for maybe it was for this legislative bill to be passed through. What an answer to a prayer. You think sometimes your prayers don't matter. I'm telling you right now, a lot of great things are taking place. But but Easter's coming up and we're praying for 40 days for, for Easter services for when people come that they would... Either come to Christ, strengthen their walk with Christ, renew their faith in Christ, whatever. But, but what is it that we really are expecting from Easter? We'll be doing two services because, or three, one in Spanish, two in English, because we can't 
the parking won't, we just can't manage without. So that means in order to do two, we could use some more servants in the kingdom. But please hear this, not to serve me. If you think you're serving me, please, you're on the wrong boat. I, I, I don't need, nobody holds my Bible. They've asked before people, let me help you. I don't like that. It's weird to me. People following you around, holding your Bible and stuff like that. Like I'm some kind of, I don't need that. I mean, I don't need that. I just, I hold my own Bible, you know. I mean, it's just, I just don't, I don't get that stuff. Now, every now and then I wish somebody was beside me because every now and then I get like, I think I need somebody with me here. But, but, but most of the time I'm fine, you know. I don't need people to, I don't people need serving me. I don't want you to serve me. I can get my own bottled water and stuff like that. They do stuff like that, but I don't need I don't need that. They they push that on me because they know I'll forget things. That's why they do stuff for me. Okay? That's why. They give me, watch this, cards because they know I will forget what I'm supposed to say at the end of this message today. They help me with that, but I don't ask them to serve me. Very rarely. They don't pick up my dry cleaning. They don't. I don't do that stuff. I'm asking you to serve the king. To, to serve the king. I know what people say, well, if I was a missionary, then I would be, or if I was an evangelist, then I'd be, no, 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 no. You'd be surprised how much God needs you right here. In his ecclesia, his called out ones, right here. You say, well, how could God possibly use me? Do you know that when people come to church on Easter Sunday, we study this and begin to talk about this and pray about this and ask each other, what, is, what, is, what would be a win for us on Easter? And at first it's salvation. We say, oh, man, if thousands of people get saved. But, you know, the reality is this here in Rome, Georgia, isn't it true that most people believe themselves to already be saved? Don't you agree? Like, not all, but most people say, well, I grew up in church, and perception is different. So we've got to think, well, what would be a real win for Easter? It's not that we'd love to see thousands of people get saved, but the reality is... Most people that come on Easter already are saved. Did you know that? I don't know if you know that, but it's true. I've been doing this long enough to know that, you know, you get 10 people saved on Easter, there's 900 people that show up. Chances are most of them are saved. Just easy math, you know. But after 10 years of that, you go like, well, we've seen, you know, a couple hundred people get saved on Easter total. You realize, wait a minute. Maybe the win is, that's a great thing. I'm not diminishing. But is that really going to be a, for our church, is that what we're striving for? We got to think, you know what, here would be a big win for us is if they actually came back. And we thought about that. We thought in all serious, in sincerity, I want you to hear this. We thought about, then why do they not come back? Because if they're, if they're, what's the, and we thought maybe it's us. That maybe we don't have enough of us holding a towel and serving people when they come through the doors. And I know what you're thinking. It's not consumer-driven. We're not talking about being consumer-driven here or consumer-driven to our church or to the people. They come. That's not it. There's a difference between being consumer-driven and just being nice, friendly, customer service, what we call it in the world. But in the church, it's called hospitality. It's called welcoming people. How do you feel when you go to a place that you've never been before? I mean, if you've ever been to somebody's house, they invite you over to a party or something like that, and you go in, the lights are off, there's no lights on, uh, there's one by, you don't know which door, the front door, back door, side door, which door I go into, you don't know where to park, you get it there, and like there's no one there, and you're like so nervous, you knock on the door, but nobody observes. they just say nothing. 
but they saved us to be here. How do you, would that not be awkward? What's more, what would you prefer when all the lights are on at night? There's some out there when you get there that, hey, come on in. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Come in. Hey, yeah, good. It makes you feel, oh, I'm in the right door. Thank God. You know, I hate going to the wrong doors of houses. But they, they, come, they welcome you in. They say, hey, would you like something to drink? Hey, look. Hey, listen, if you need the restroom, it's right down here. It's down there. They're just very open. They're welcoming, and they welcome you to their home. Which one do you feel more comfortable in? It's not consumer-driven. It's just make it comfortable for people. So my challenge today is this. I'm asking for a group of you today to, to put this on, a servant's towel, to serve in your church. I know many of you already do, but specifically, first and foremost, for Easter. First and foremost, for, for Easter. And then you'd probably love it so much you want to keep doing it, right? Amen. I mean, right? You're going to love it so much, you're going to be like, I've just got to keep doing this. And you're going to be surprised, but I'm going to tell you where I need your help in. And I'm going to ask you to serve and be a part of this today. I know what you're thinking right now, though, too. You're probably thinking, but I'm not, maybe I'm not a member. That's okay. We'll help you figure that out. We can help you become a member of the church, and you can serve in this church just like Jesus wants you to. You can say, well, but, I'm, what, but I've heard you guys make us do uh, applications and stuff like that. It's very simple. We ask three things. If you're going to serve in our church, number one, number one, that you just keep yourself sexually pure. What does that mean? It's pretty self-explanatory. Live in a culture now, if you had not heard that word, don't freak out in church. Number two, I'm just saying, if you don't know what that means, it just simply means keep it, keep, keep it in the bounds of holy matrimony. Everything else is not going to fly. If Jesus, watch, if, if Jesus is Lord, that should not be a problem. Right? Right, okay. So number two, number two, is that you keep yourself from the abuse of substances. What does that mean? If you know my background, look, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pretty hardcore on some of this stuff, but I, the Bible's not, okay? What we're just simply saying is, look, if you, if you can't drive home three or four nights a week, probably need to go through some freedom ministry or some prayer or some, something like that. We need to help you get through that season of your life, and then you can serve. Not a problem. Not, not putting you down. I'm just saying, but if Jesus is Lord, that's got to change too. Right? But that's any substance. If it impairs your ability in any way whatsoever that you couldn't drive home two or three nights, I'm just telling you, God needs some control in your life. And we can help you with that. Okay? The third thing is this, and let me just say this. This is probably more important than the other two because the other two are more easily identified. But number three, that from your social standpoint, you keep yourself in the right motives and right heart. That you don't blast people on social media. That from a social media standpoint, you keep it righteous. That's because today, the first time you put something on, people see you out and about at Las Palmas, they say, oh, I know you, you're the one that said blah, 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 and you just invited them to church. Do you see what I'm saying? That's pretty simple. That's not, that's not a hard thing. It's a very simple thing. And if you're saying, well, man, I just don't know that, Pastor Jody, if I could do that. I'm challenging you today that the Lordship of Jesus be number one. I've served in this church before I ever worked at this church. They let me be a kid's teacher. I said let. You heard right, they let. You know why? Because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was talking about. 
All I can remember stuff from kindergarten, Abraham, Isaac. I was so thankful they had curriculum because I thought, I will never get this right. I made so many mistakes. I thought it was okay to give kids as many of the snacks as they want. I thought it didn't matter. They had candy barrels there, you know, so I gave the kid. They were complaining, so I gave them candy. And then, and, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's what you And I had a parent show up one day because I didn't have kids at the time. I'm like, quit giving my kid all this candy. Give them all, sugar them up before you leave out of here. I'm like, dude, hey, bro, you want to come in here with me? Come on with it. Let's see how much. I bet you can throw some candy at them too, man. I made so many mistakes, but they let me teach a class. Then they let me be an usher while my temper wasn't under control. We're not asking for perfection here. I'm not asking you to be a saint. I'm just asking, hey, man, would you be willing to put on a towel and learn the process? I made so many mistakes. I sat people in the wrong spot. They asked for help. I took them to the wrong person. I made so many mistakes you can't even imagine. And they let me serve on their music team. Man, I didn't even know how to play drums halfway. I couldn't halfway keep a beat when I first started. I couldn't particularly. With Ricky watching, I look at him thinking like, man, I wish I could have done like that. But I didn't. I didn't at all went in close. And what was worse is I was surrounded by talented musicians like these guys. And they, Scotty was here at the time, they helped me. Scotty was here. I remember playing guitar. And he's amazing now. And like, but I don't know how he plays how he plays if you don't know anything about music. He plays a rhythm part and then he'll play a lead part at the same time. It's freaky weird. I could barely keep a beat, and he would look at me sometimes like, to try to help me get back on beat. That's not a lie. I'm not making that up. He was so gracious to me while I learned. I wasn't perfect. I said temper tantrums. I was still fleshly. I still made mistakes, and I still, you know, was, was foolish outside of the church in my walk until people helped me. I'm not looking for perfection here. I'm looking for willingness to just put on a towel and serve. I'm going to read you a scripture here. And this is going to explain to you why. This card right here is in your seat. And I'm going to tell you what I need from you, okay? So take a look at this card right here. I'm going to wrap up with this last couple of thoughts. I'm going to pray for you. I'm really going to put a challenge. I prayed last week for the Holy Spirit, so you're about to hear some conviction from the Holy Spirit, not just Jody. I've already prayed and the Holy Spirit convict you. I need, there's going to be a 67 of you in this room that... I'm going to ask you to make a, a commitment to, okay? 67. You're like, oh my gosh, am I one? You probably already, if you already just had to ask that, I bet you are. <laughs> Listen, to, we teach this in membership, or when I was doing it, I would teach it like this, and I know they still do, but I'm just saying, I want to give you the illustration of how I would typically close out when I was doing membership classes. I'll talk about serving in our church and why it was so important, and I would read the scripture to everyone, Luke 12, 37. It talks about servants again. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return, talking about Jesus, will be, everybody say, rewarded. When you serve in church, you probably won't get a reward. Just being honest with you. I've never had the, as many pat on the backs as I have served others. Do you understand? You're just not going to get the amount of reward you're looking for in the church from an eternal standpoint, but you will in heaven. The Bible says this about Jesus. I tell you the truth, that he himself will seat them. He will put on an apron, and he will serve them 
as they sit and eat. The illustration is just simply this. You had a servant's towel, but he's going to take that from you. And he says, thank you. I want you to hear. This is not an angel that's doing this. This is Jesus Christ. He's going to take your servant's towel and apron and say, hey, thank you. Let me me take that from you. And you're going to freak out. You're going to probably ball your eyes out. You're going to say, just like Peter did when he said, no, 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 no. You can't wash my feet. And Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part of me. He's going to take your servant's towel. Everybody in this room, you're a believer. He's going to take this from you, and he's going to sit it down. You're not going to need that now. He's going to take an apron, and he's going to put this apron on himself, your Savior. He's going to tie this thing around him. Have a seat. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? He, your Savior, the one that died for you and bled for you, he's going to sit you at a table, put on an apron, and then he's going to say, have a seat. Come on, sit down. I'm, I'm serious. i got a lot to do here, bub. People to serve. You see all these millions of people? I'm, I'm going to serve every one of them. What do you want? Sit down. Yes, sir. He's going to say, what do you have? Will you even be able to sit in your seat? He'll ball your eyes out like a baby. I will cry until I can't probably cry anymore. And then try to sit up straight and say, Jesus, please. You don't, how can you serve? And he's going to say, I'm going to serve you. What do you want? Now, can you imagine when you get there what that's going to be like? Your king serving you. And I believe this is what Jesus is going to say. There's a parable that he gives and a story that he gives where the people ask in that day, Lord, where did we, how did we serve you on the earth? He says, I'm going to reward you for what you did for me here on the earth. And they say, well, when did we serve you? How did we help you? What did we do for you? And he said, when you took care of the poor, that was me. When you welcomed me in, you welcomed anyone in the doors. That was me. When you ministered to the lady that everybody else was going by, because she was maybe a little slower going through the door, and you held the door for her, that was me. When you served all those kids in kids' church and you loaded them up on candy, that, that was me too. That was me. I saw your heart then. I wanted to show you what it meant to me, so I'm going to serve you now. That's what he's going to do. So I'm going to ask our our worship team to come up here, and as they do, I want to give you a number that that this is what we need. And I don't, look, I'm not not saying this from a needy perspective. I'm saying it from one one of the three strongest words you'll ever say in your life is, watch this, I need help especially if you're a personality like mine. Now, if you're a personality where you always ask for help, then that means nothing to you. But if you are a driven personality, if you grew up as a strong-willed individual, if you feel like as if, though, you can handle stuff, you typically don't ask for help unless you really need it. And the three strongest words you'll ever say in your life is, I need help. 
Church, listen, as a pastor, I'm going to tell you something. Look, I need help. I can't do this, nor can it. The people that serve in this church, are. I love them all. I love every one of you. But we've got to step over the below average, average mark as a church. And we've got to move over here to this side to say, we're going to be this on Sunday morning. It's not going to take a lot of your time. I'm not asking you to preach. Some of you might want to, but I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking for simply a couple of unique areas that we feel like will help us on Easter Sunday. Turn the light on for people. That's simply all I'm asking for today. So here's what I'm asking for. Right here where you are, don't you close your eyes. Let me pray for you. I'm asking a couple of simple questions. Just right where you are. Your eyes are closed. No one looking around for one moment, please. Say, Pastor Jody, I'm here, and I know the Lord has prompted me to help. I'm willing to do what Pastor Cherish said and, and give God my blank canvas. If he asks me to serve in whatever, whatever it is, I am willing to put on my servant's towel now because I know he's going to serve me one day in heaven. I'm ready to do that right now. No one's looking at you. This is me and you right now looking. The Holy Spirit's tugging at your heart. You have conviction in your heart. He's speaking to you, saying, I'm talking to you today. That pastor, that preacher is speaking to you. If that's you and you say, Pastor, I'm ready to do that, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to acknowledge this by simply just lifting your hand right now. That's me, Pastor Jody. Raise your hand so I can see it right now. There should be more of you than that. I'm sorry, but there should be more of you than that. 10 or 12 is not going to get it done. That's more like, thank you. Lift it up high. Let me see it. No one's looking. It's just me. It's just me right now. Come on. All right, here's what I'm asking you now. Now, if you already serve in this church, keep your hand down. If you don't serve in this church, lift your hand back up for me. Come on, there you go. There you go. That's what I'm, Come on, that's who I'm looking at. Right there you are. There you go. Great job. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Put your hands down. Come on now. That's awesome. That's who I was looking for right there. Come on, you're about to do something for God that's going to make a mark. It's going to make a mark. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. There's numerous areas we need. Our biggest area is not in kids. If you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm going to have to serve in kids. I don't know how to deal with kids. I couldn't feed them enough candy to serve. Yeah, I'm not talking to you right now, okay? This is not the biggest area. We do need people there, and I know that you're here to help serve in that area. But I don't want you to be afraid thinking I'm going to stick everybody in the nursery. I'm not. We only need 13 people helping the kids because we have such an amazing team of people right now. They're doing an awesome job. We have so many people helping. It's amazing. So we only need 13 because Easter to make this work. But we do need nine more ushers. We need three people to help us with check-in, checking in kids and stuff like keeping it secure. Our largest area needs is going to be a welcome team outside. About 30 people we're going to need outside to help us with this. You may think, why do we need so many people? Because our buildings are spread out all over. And when you go up to campus, I pulled up the other day two or three times every Sunday, drive around the parking lot, and I thought, if I was a guest here, I would not know what to do. And I want to fix that. Another thing is we need about 12 of you to help us develop a parking team because I ran, drove through a couple of times, and two or three kids ran out, and it just freaked me out. And so we need our parking, th- we need our parking lot more secure and helpful for people when they pull up. All right? So you're here and you say, hey, man, Pastor Jody, that's me. I, I, I'm, I'm praying for that. I'm, I'm, I want to serve. I just lifted my hand. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, okay? I'm going to ask you to actually, in just a moment, to come down front here with me. You're like, oh, my goodness gracious. I can't believe he's going to do that. 
I'm doing it because I want to pray for you. And I want you to be stand up and be counted. You say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going to do this. How often do you hear me do this? But I, I'm, I'm intentionally wanting to change our church from where we are to where I know God's calling us to be. So you're here. You say, Pastor Jody, that's me. I want you to bring your little card with you. Just bring it with you. And here's what I want you to do. Just as everybody else stays seated, you raised your hand. That was a lot of you guys. You said, that's me. I want to serve. I want you to get up out of your seat and come down in front with me right here. I'm going to meet you on the floor. I'm not going to be on platform. I'm going to be on the floor. You come on down right now. And you guys give them a hand as they come. Come on. Just make your way on down. Come on, y'all give them a big hand right now. Come on, love on them. Love on these folks. Come on, keep on coming. There you are. Keep on rolling down. Y'all keep clapping for them because there's a few more coming. They got to work their way out of seats. Come on, keep on coming. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, baby. Come on, come on, come on. Give them some love. Oh, that's so cool. I love you guys so much, man. It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. So, all right, so you can't see me. All right, I was going to stay down here, but you can't see me. Give me just a moment, okay? Like, okay, here we go. Okay, here's what we're going to do. All right, thank you guys for coming down here. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Look, God, God's gifted you for this. Here's where we need you to go, okay? Two different areas. If your heart is, you said, man, I feel like God wants me to help out with the kids. All right, there's only one spot you have to go. And Pastor, um, that guy, you said a crazy man right there? And look, hey, watch this. Check this out. I'm about to embarrass her, but you see the lady in between Pastor Stephen and Beth? That is Kimberly Bailey. She is one of our... She has just decided to become one of our interns in our church. Yeah, baby. And she is rocking stuff out over in kids. That girl right there has been serving Jesus in this church, serving kids for like as long as I can even remember. All my babies have come through that class. She has held every one of them. She is wonderful back there. And so that is oh cool. So... Here's what I want you to do. Just take your card. If you say, man, I want to help out with kids. I want to learn how to do this. Just go right there with Stephen, okay? And Stephen, right through there. Just wave your hand, kind of deal right there, okay? You guys go that way. And if you're here, you say, hey, man, I want to help out with outdoor stuff and parking lot and, and welcoming people and all that kind of stuff. Then what I want you guys to do is go, Miss Sanders right there. See, she's in the red. Wave it. Okay, good. I can't hardly see her. But she's, you see her? You guys see Miss Sanders? I want you to go right there. Either A, you say, hey, I want to help out with kids. I'll, I'll rock babies, I'll check in, I'll do whatever. Or I want to help with parking lot, I want to help with um, uh, uh, welcoming people as they come into the church. You go right there, Miss Angela, right now. But let me pray for you guys. Hold on, I got to pray for you before you leave. I got to pray for you before you go. Hold on, Mama. I got to pray for you. She can't, she's gone. I'm going to pray for you. Come over here. That's my grandmother, y'all. Give her, give her some love right there. This lady walked all over Israel with us. That woman right there basically raised me up. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I owe her a lot. She is precious. She's going to help the church like do this too. So she is so cool. All right, let me pray for you. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person that's here. And Lord, I'm going to lift them up to you right now. God, I pray you touch every one of their hearts. I pray you give them this, the will, the desire, whatever you've gifted them to do in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for putting a heart on them, a spirit that you gave Moses' his team, Lord. God, I pray you take a, a portion of that which you've given this church, God, that you put on each one of them, Lord. 
Bless them, God, in the name of Jesus. Anoint them, Lord, for the work you called them to do. God, that you would just use them mightily for Easter. God, may it be no small thing in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for their faithful heart and their faithfulness towards you, Lord. I ask you, Lord, now to just move in their heart as they serve you in this church, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We give you thanks for it, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Love you guys. Thank you all so much. What's up, girl? How you doing? All right, you guys go to where I told you to. Thank you, my mom. Love you. Thank Love you. you. Thank you, just like. Thank you. You guys go. Give me a hand, would you guys? Y'all go where they just showed you. Don't sit down. It'll take five minutes. It'll be quick. I'm losing my apron, man. That is so cool. I'm so proud of all you guys. So it'll only take about five minutes, guys. Five minutes, maybe at the most. While we sing worship, we'll be done here in just a moment, man. I think I told him right. You you might want to just work with that cat just to see what happens on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? It's an adventure. So, hey, listen, before we worship God, listen, I know many of you here, you already serve. And maybe you're here and you say, I don't go to this church. That's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm here, but I'm, I'm checking out the church. That's fine, too. If you're here and you say, man, I wish I would have done that, but I just, I'm nervous, listen to me. I get it. I'm the personality where I'll just jump up and let's go. Not everybody's wired like that. I'm learning that. If you say, hey, I'll be down here after church. I'll be right over here. If you want to talk to me, say, I want to serve get another opportunity right there, okay? It's going to make it easy, okay? I, I, I just, it's a lot to manage that many people to get names and info to make this work, and I can't do that by myself, so I needed help, all right? So let's, let's just pray right now as we go before God and worship. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your heart in our lives, Lord, and what you're going to do as we serve you and, and worship you, Lord. And God, we lift you up as we come before you now and worship. We thank you, Lord, that you are so gracious to us, God, and you pour out your heart and mercy and love towards us, Lord. As we stand before you today, we worship you and we give you praise for your wonderful name, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together as we worship Jesus.